Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 151, and tonight we are going to be looking at the movie, the movie that made incest a part of your 7th grade summer reading curriculum for some fucked up reason. We're looking at the movie that made cookies a deadly weapon. That's right, we're going to be looking at the 1987 Schlockfest Flowers in the Attic by request of my very special guest listener ben sure and we're joined by super cool game designer brian wilson who's got a very special prize for one of you what might that prize be well i'll give you a hint in this little trailer for his other thing that's not a thing yet but it will be soon with your help and i'm babbling already I'm not a minute in, and I'm already babbling. Somebody make me a cocktail. Stat. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Brian. We have a company called Galactic Sneeze. You might know us from games like Movie, the hilarious game of made-up movies. And now we're making a new game, and it's full of hilarious adult content. It's called Spank the Yeti, the party game of questionable decisions. You just flip over three action cards, like Tongue Bathe, Milk, and Finger Bang. And three object cards, like a jar of expired mayonnaise, a coked-out unicorn, and Jeff Goldblum. Let's say it's Victor's turn. Yay! Spank the Yeti works a lot like the classic parlor game, F**k, Mary Kill. Victor must decide which of these he would tongue bathe, which he would milk, and which he would finger bang. The other players predict how they think Victor will answer. Players lock in their answers by placing their corresponding ABC cards face down in front of them. Then, each player takes a turn explaining why they made the predictions they did. I know what Victor would do. I think Victor would tongue bathe Jeff Goldblum because I bet he's delicious. He'd probably milk the coked out unicorn to get all that sweet unicorn juice and he would finger bang that warm jar of expired mayo. Okay, I think Victor would tongue bathe the coked out unicorn and milk Jeff Goldblum. Do you know how much Jeff Goldblum milk would go for on eBay? And clearly you finger bang any mayo you get your hands on, expired or not. Now it's Victor's turn to reveal his answers. Okay guys, let me tell you what's up. I would definitely tongue bathe Jeff Goldblum because I bet he would appreciate my particular attention to detail. I would milk the coked out unicorn because of the sparkles and the magic and the rainbows. And I would finger bang that naughty jar of expired mayonnaise. Players score points for each pairing they predicted correctly. So Brian gets three points, Sarah gets one point, and Victor gets the same number as whomever scored the most. Three. That's 15 points. I win. Whatever. Yeah, f*** you, Brian. We are super excited about Spank the Yeti, and we can't wait to get it out there. If it seems like a game that you'd enjoy playing, please back our Kickstarter. And it'd be awesome if you could please share our video with just one friend you think would dig Spank the Yeti, too. Thank you. Ta-da!
I got next. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's great to have everybody here again. Yay! Now, for those of you who are new, my name is Patrick. I'm going to be your host for the next 90 minutes or so, and I will be your guide to the weird and wonderful and sometimes really awful world of horror, but is seen through my gay little eyes. Now, some of you are probably wondering, holy shit, Patrick, you got this episode out really quickly. After the last one. Yeah, I did, because I'm really awesome that way, but also because my special guest Brian Wilson needs your help. And it's on a time crunch, because his new game, Spank the Yeti, is on Kickstarter, and he's going to need your help to get this awesome game going. And as soon as I saw him play it, I said, I think my listeners can really shine through. Get yourself a copy, give him some money, go over to Kickstarter at uh, his Kickstarter thing at spanktheyeti.com. And if you're wondering why, you'll find out soon, because we're going to be playing around when he joins us to talk about the movie. And we're going to be giving away a copy of his other game, Schmovie. The game of made-up movies. That's right. One of you is going to win that. You can't win Spank the Yeti yet because it's not out. So just, just simmer down. I know, I know, I know. But hey, hey, hey. What's been going on in Scream Queen's headquarters since last we met? Honestly, not a hell of a lot. Things have been quiet. And that's okay. I don't mind that. I did want to say, though, uh, something I forgot on the last episode, which is fine because it was running long anyway... I got to hang out with listener Vanessa for a night, and that was really great. We went to go see Gas Station Horror at the People's Improv Theater. Now, this is a group they perform every month or so, and they take scenes from DVDs that they find, you know, the really awful DVDs that you find at a gas station or at the bodega, things for like 99 cents, you know, with cardboard cover. The, did I have that cocktail from earlier? No, I didn't. So I have no excuse for not being able to form that word. Well, anyway, they do that and they do a scene based on that and they do very, very funny, funny work. Although, I have to say, uh, Vanessa and I went for their Friday the 13th show since it was Friday the 13th and all. And they didn't do anything from any of the Friday the 13th. So I was a bit disappointed. But not that show, but the one previous that I went to, they made fun of Tourist Trap. And host JW, he was like, "This is the we're giving away a copy to someone whoever of Tourist Trap, whoever wants this piece of crap because it's terrible." And I was just looking at him like, "I have to kill you someday, not today, because I want to see the show, but I'm gonna kill you for that." And then they showed the cracker scene. The scene they had to base their scene off of was the cracker scene, which is my favorite goddamn scene in the movie. JW, you got no taste, but you know what? You're funny and you're cute, so I'll let it slide. So that happens. That was very exciting. Now, a couple of you have pointed out to me, hey, Patrick, it's podcast award season. What's going on? Are you nominated? No, I'm not. I do not submit myself this year. I did not ask anybody to campaign this year because I had a bug in my bonnet after what happened at the awards last year. If you don't remember when they announced the uh, LGBT podcast awards, they started making jokes about how they were all about flower arranging and it went on forever, and it was embarrassing, and it got me mad. And then, when they announced the awards this year, they said there was going to be a fee to register yourself. And I was pissed. Those two things together made me unhappy. However, Joey Buhucker, hi, Joey, who was nominated. Yay, Joey, Cocktails of Creep Pups is nominated to go vote for them right now. But, well, not right now. Listen to the show first, then go vote for them. And anyway, he told me that it's under new management based on what happened last year, and that the fee is to keep the really corporate shows that always win from winning all the time. And I didn't know that at the time, but that's okay. I take a year off from it. That's cool. 
that's cool because I need some time to reconnoiter my own life. And the last thing I need is to be whoring myself out on the internet any more than I already am. Did that come out right? Yeah, I guess it kind of did. I whore myself out on the internet in many, many ways. And it, 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 it uh, uh, yes. So there's <clears throat> awkward. Aside from that, there's really not been that much interesting going on. I'm still working on getting the apartment into something workable. I cleaned out the storage unit because it was mostly Brad's stuff and the stuff I found down there that he left. I was like, whoa, crazy stuff that I'm really not at liberty to talk about because I was like, I don't know what you're doing with this, honey, but wow, I'm glad it stayed down here, wasn't it? And again, if you are a listener in the Denver, Colorado area, Please let me know. I'm going to be there for the first week in July, and it would be great to meet up for a drink and hang out for a little bit. So, yeah, do that. Get on that. I'll be there singing with the Gay Men's Chorus at the Gala Festival, which is like the Olympics of courses from all around the world, and it'll be fabulous. But, you know, I'm sure I'm going to need a break from all that kumbaya at some point, and it's always great to meet a screamer. Jam Skippy. Ooh, I almost forgot this completely. Last week, I went to see one of Hedda Lettuce's world-famous drag queen, Hedda Lettuce's Thursday night movie classics at the Chelsea Bowtie Cinemas. Now, I've mentioned this before. She screens a classic movie from all different kinds of genres. She adds her commentary, and it's tons and tons and tons of fun. So I went with some of my friends from the New York City Game Men's Chorus, and we saw Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte. Charlotte, don't you cry. And it's so fun to see these movies with a majority, with, 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 with a gay, no, let me try that again. With an audience that is predominantly gay, they just love the whole cinema of it. They love the camp of it, respond appropriately, and you see things that you never noticed before. What did you notice this time? Well, this time it's just, it had nothing to do with the audience. It just had something to do with uh, me being really smart. In the middle of a movie, a Coke truck goes zooming across the screen for no reason. A Coca-Cola truck. Not a truck with cocaine in it, because that would be amazing. But no, that's not what happened. But... I remember, I'm like, ooh, I did some research and I was right, because I remembered that um, this is supposed to be the big reuniting of Joan Crawford and Betty Davis after whatever happened to Baby Jane, right? Right. But no, she started filming, Joan Crawford did, uh-huh. And then she's like, I, I don't feel well, meh. And she faked getting sick to get out of her contract. Now, the poor director, nobody would take the role that she had. Nobody wanted to play this villainous. And he went through hell to finally get Olivia de Havilland to say yes, even though it was completely against her type, and she did not want to do the movie. The movie almost did not happen because Joan Crawford decided she didn't want to, she didn't like Betty Davis picking on her. (laughs) And as many of you know, Joan Crawford at this time was married to the president of Pepsi-Cola, so all of her movies had ridiculously prominent placements of Pepsi products. What came to mind was one I talked about here on the show when I reviewed Straight Jacket. It's a scene where she and her daughter are having an argument in the kitchen. Except in the frame, the frame is like 75% of it is this gigantic plate uh, crate of Pepsi that just sits on the kitchen table. Joan is all the way screen left. Her daughter's all the way screen right. And for a good three minutes, it's just Pepsi in the middle of the screen. And so with that Coke truck, drove through, I said, I bet Joan Crawford just shit her pants just a little bit. Yeah, they had Coke machines installed on 
on in people's dressing rooms after she quit just to say a fuck you to her and it's tons of fun it's a it's a not a great movie it's nowhere near as fun as what i have to baby jane but it's got some lovely camp moments you vile lying bitch because it's all dripping with fake southern southerness and i enjoyed it it's good time chelsea classics with head of lettuce if you're in new york on a thursday night you should go it's only like 10 bucks what a bargain I really don't have anything else to say. So rather than, you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to say one more thing. I saw a movie last night. I saw the new Belgian movie called Cub or Velp, W-E-L-P, depending. And it's the story of a Cub Scout trip that goes very, very, very wrong when they run into a feral boy with a thirst for blood. I'm not sure if I liked it. It's a really dark movie it's beautifully shot it's very well active acted it's got an amazing score his mask is really scary the kills are really creepy but there's a cruelty level to it that i'm not sure it earned and if you are a dog lover granted the dog always dies in these movies it's the dad principle dog always dies it's a it's a it's a horror movie staple but this dog dies really hard and really unpleasantly and i almost turned the movie off i'm not sure it earned that because there's a couple of avenues that the movie could have taken that they kind of set up and they just ignored and i was a bit disappointed it left me with a kind of a funny taste in my mouth but i'm not sure that that makes it a bad movie so why don't you check out cub and let me know what you thought on the voicemail line or through emails the information will be coming at the end of the show because I don't feel like repeating myself 99,000 times, goddammit, because I got these great guests who are just chomping at the bit to play a game with me. And what was fun, well, like, we we're going to play around of Brian's game Spank the Yeti, right? But here's the thing. First I played with Ben. Then I played with Brian. Now I want to play with you. So you're going to be playing along at home. And if you win the game, you'll win the game. You'll win a copy of his uh, other game, Schmoovie. And it's going to be great fun. And I think I said that already, but it's really hot in here because I had to turn the air conditioning off. So I'm sweaty and shirtless. So just think about that for a while. You're like, yeah, that's boring. Patrick's being boring. Well, just think about my glistening, super white torso sitting here in the living room covered in cat fur from this couch. Yes. Yes, I'm 46 Gay man who lives with a fat cat, sleeps with a CPAP machine, a mismatch dental card. <laughs> is practically an albino and is covered in cat fur. Love me. Love me, kids. Okay, let's get down to the show because I am losing it. Wow. Wowie. Wow, wow, wow. Where have all the flowers gone? They're in the attic. Long time passing. Where have all the flowers gone long time ago? They're in the attic. Where have all the flowers gone? I said they're in the attic. Young girls pick them, everyone. When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the young girls gone? She's in the attic. Time passing. Where have all the young girls gone? Yeah, no, you're not listening to me. Long time ago. 
Where have all the young girls gone? God damn it, Kingston Trio. When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? So if there's anything I learned from Flowers in the Attic, it's, it's really no fun to be, you know, imprisoned in a house all by yourself. So I am very fortunate to have with me the person who forced this movie on me. He's a listener, a longtime listener. It turns out he grew up where I went to college. And I get you, Ben Sure, I get you. So it is my delight to introduce to you the one, the only, my friend that I've never met before, but we're like the same person, but with really different hair, Mr. Venture! I'll plant my own tree, and I'll make it grow. My tree will not be just one in a row. I am so excited to be here. I feel like Joan Bennett on Name That Tune. And you look like Joan Collins in The Fountain after Crystal threw her in there. (laughs) <laughs> Why, thank you. It's true. We have the same hair. Very, very welcome. But, kids, that is not all. I have also with me a man I just met on Friday, a man who is an inventor of a game that got me so excited. I said, I have got to have him. I've got to have him right now on the show, that is. So it is my thrill to introduce to you the geeky, handsome inventor of amazing games, Mr. Brian Wilson. My pleasure, Brian. I'm just disappointed you're not the one from the, the, the Beach Boys. Do you get that a lot? You know, I have to tell you, that that is the first time I have heard that today. Just today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I find there's, there's an age gap. Anyone who is, I don't know, I don't want to I don't want to date you, but I would say anyone that's 35. You're a married man, Brian Wilson. You cannot date me. <laughs> anyone who's 35 or older, uh, upon hearing my name, uh, that is generally the very first thing they say. Okay, so I'm good. So good. So I fell into my age grouping. Perfect. Can I tell you a story about Brian Wilson? Please. It was stupid. A friend of mine loves Brian Wilson for some reason. Got tickets to see him at I don't know one of the I don't know. Let's say uh, oh what I can't think of any of the damn concert halls now. Doesn't matter. One of the funky concert halls in New York. He couldn't go, so he's like, "Please take the ticket. Please take the ticket." I didn't want to go, so I went, and it was the worst thing. I've ever seen. He just had no energy. And the best part was, he's like, I'm going to sing one of my favorite songs, and I think you're going to know it. I think you're going to like it. He sat down. He started plunking out with one finger. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. And people started singing along. He's like, no. No, this is my song. How How much did you pay for these tickets? But you're not that, Brian Wilson. That is so disturbing. That's exactly what I would expect. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he uh, he's not all there anymore. That's that's the. I have not seen him perform lately. But, I didn't um, see him perform. I don't know what he was doing. Well, there. <laughs> man, oh man! Well, I'm I'm glad you survived. Yeah, I well I left shortly after that. I'm like I can't, I can't. I was recording it in my phone, and I was like I can't, I can't. This is just terrible. <laughs> and everyone's like ah, yeah, but I'm like this what. People love it. Sorry, Ben. People were excited about it. Oh yeah, they were cheering and screaming. They're probably all high too. Yeah, I find people who are fans are mega fans. Yeah. Um, there, there, there are very few people who uh, who just casually like him. Well, 
There you go. But you know what? Nobody just casually likes you, Brian Wilson. It's a full-time job. It is a whole – it's like all-in type thing because you know, Ben, I met Brian on Friday. I went to go see my friend Mike Gregoric who used to be my boss at the Jekyll and Hyde Club before it you know, went under. Uh, he does this one-man show, kind of talk show type thing, and Brian was the guest, one of the, one of the three guests that he had on. And he was there to demonstrate and talk about his exciting new game. Brian, would you like to tell us about it? Sure, yeah. So so my wife and I have a company called Galactic Sneeze, and we live here in Brooklyn, and we also have we have a, a four-year-old uh, intern. And uh, between the three of us, invent new toys and games. And uh, Spank the Yeti uh, is our, our latest creation. Uh, it's been on Kickstarter now for... About two weeks, and it'll continue uh, through June the, the 17th. Um, and it is a, a dirty adult party game. Uh, it's based on the popular game mechanic of Fuck, Mary Kill. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys know uh, Fuck, Mary Kill. I know it well. Very well, yeah. Ben and I invented that game. <laughs> um, so in our game, uh, there are two decks of cards. There's a deck of action cards and then a deck of object cards. And in the action cards, it's all the stuff you could do to somebody uh, or something. And then the object cards are all the things that you could do something to. It's filled with celebrities and uh, pop culture stars and historical figures and then creatures and just funny stuff that we made up. Um, And you put uh, three uh, action cards out and then three object cards out, and then you pick somebody to be it. And then everyone has to guess how they would match up the actions and the objects. It's uh, super simple uh, and uh, sort of dark and twisted and um, super dirty. There are uh, There's a handful of dirty adult games out there now. And uh, we're, we're, um, we've, we've tried them all. And then we thought, how can we make uh, an even uh, more fun uh, one? Um, and, uh, and this is our answer. Okay, good answer. Now, Ben, I realize that was a lot to take. And oh, listeners... I, watched, I watched the video. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, ben, Ben, help me out. I'm trying to play along as the listener going, what did he just say? That was a lot of words happening, and I don't know what's happening. I was going on. I figure the easiest way to show people how much fun this game is is we're going to play around. Awesome. Yeah. And now, Ben, I've already decided you're going to be the Yeti. Okay, love it. Explain to him that what means. that means, Brian. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna flip over three action cards, uh, and then I'm gonna flip over three object cards, and then you are going to think about how you would match them up, and then Patrick and I we're going to first guess how we think you're gonna match them up, and then you're gonna tell us whether we're right or not, and we're gonna get one point right, uh, one point for everyone we get right. Does that make? <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, does that make sense? Yes, it sounds. It makes perfect sense. I'll give you some examples. So, uh, if I give you three three options, and you uh, we have Blumpkin, <laughs> moving, <laughs> a Blumpkin is right off the bat. We're going right for the Blumpkin. I love you, Brian. <laughs> You're uh, ninja. I actually didn't know that Blumpkin was even a thing, so I'm feeling kind of not in the loop or chic right now. I uh, I pulled these just randomly right off the top of the deck here. I probably should have vetted these ahead of time. I would, ex- I would explain to you what a Blumpkin is, Brian, but it's uh, Ben, but it's disgusting. Why do you both have bees in your name? It's very confusing. 
I would I would Google it. Um, I'll Google it. Yeah, so uh, we, have, we have Blumpkin. We have Move Into an Alabama Trailer Park with and Joust. So those are your, your three options. And okay. then uh, you, you have three uh, objects that you get to choose between. Uh, you have a uh, A is a Care Bear who just doesn't fucking care. Oh. Uh, B is a shitty mime. <laughs> and C is Chewbacca. Wow, okay. So, between a Care Bear who just doesn't fucking care, a shitty mime, and Chewbacca, we need you to get uh, figure out who you would uh, either, I guess, perform or receive a Blumpkin from or to, uh, who you'd move into an Alabama trailer park with, and uh, who you would joust. Wow. I'm really kind of bummed that Jeff Goldblum doesn't appear anywhere here. He did on the video. And I was like, yes, I wanted to get sexy with Jeff Goldblum. Instead, I get uh, Chewbacca. But okay, I have looked up Pumpkin. I know what it is now. So, I'm this sorry, is, your this life is... will never be the same again. Oh, it's, you know, I've seen it. I've seen and done most things. So I think I'm going to say. No. Uh, no. Oh, right. No. right. I, sorry. I'm so bad. Yes. Okay. I'm bad at games. Okay. I'll be okay. Well, you're thinking about it. Well, you're thinking about it. Brian, I have to tell you, since, since this game has been introduced to me. Yes, sir. The name Spank the Yeti has fascinated me, and I keep putting it into songs where it doesn't belong. I'm so excited. Spank the Yeti on the left-hand side. I say spank the Yeti on the left-hand side. So ridiculous. Or spank the Yeti tonight. Spank the Yeti. So, yes. So that's what you've done to me. I love it. I'm obsessed. That's fantastic. You know, this game could be named anything. I think a big part of game design is trying to come up with a fun name. Mm-hmm. And we could have called this, you know, the, the crazy... Mixy match game, um, and then once we we got the idea that we should name it after some cards, and in this game here, you know, we have spank as an option that you could come up with, and then there's a yeti in here you could you could pull out an object card. So then we tried to find the best pairing between the two, and um, spank the yeti had an awesome ring to it. It just sounded kind of fun and a little bit dirty, and dangerous. Uh, but also you could and dangerous. Yeah, it's aggressive. Um, and you can still put it on the front of a box. And, yes, uh, that is very important. You can sell it in Walmart. Not that you would want to, but you know what I mean. Yes, you would want to, but you know they don't deserve you. They have they have yet to call. We're, okay, we're well, still fuck them. The fuck call. them. Okay, you ready, Ben? I'm ready. Yes. Okay. I I should have been uh, I should have been paying more attention here. I, I'm. Uh, let me let me get my. Are you going to go first? Patrick? I will go then, first. Okay, that gives me a, a second to pull these together. Okay, I think um, that. Ben would joust that shitty mime because if he's that shitty, he deserves to be hit at high velocity with a wooden stick just to see if he says something. He probably would because he's a shitty mime. <laughs> Ow, no, Ben, stop. See, shitty mime. Shit. No, you get, you're in a box. The box is getting smaller. No talking mimes. I think that you would... I'm now I'm torn here. I'm very torn here. I think that perhaps you would um want to move into a, a trail an Alabama trailer park with Chewbacca because I think he'd be very popular and I think he would be a cool person to live with and he would make you popular even more popular than you already are. Everyone would be like, oh my god, I want to see Chewbacca and you're like, no, sorry, sorry, you know, he doesn't want to hang out with you. <laughs> and that leaves you giving a a, a blumpkin to a Care Bear 
who just doesn't care anymore because he doesn't care. <laughs> that's right, care. That's that's right, Smiley. Suck my dick while I take a shit. That's right. Are you crying? Are you crying? No, you're not. You're not crying because you don't care. You know, I I think those are all um, very logical answers, mm. but I think you got it completely wrong. Completely wrong. I think Ben is going to give a Blumpkin uh, to a shitty mime. Okay. I think because uh, no matter how uh, how it's going. Uh, he's not going to talk about it. That is- um, and if it is going well, he'll be able to properly express his uh, excitement at your uh, your performance. Mm. And but- if it goes really, really badly, he's already shitty. You're right. There's already shit involved. That's we're right. halfway there already. I think you are winning. All right. So um, I think you're going to move into an Alabama trailer park with a Care Bear who just doesn't fucking care. Um, I, you may not know this, but I'm actually from Alabama and uh, I have spent some time in trailer parks Mm. and, uh, you know, there are some lovely, uh, trailers out there. Um, and then there are some really horrible, shitty trailers out there. Um, and I think a Care Bear who just doesn't fucking care isn't going to mind being in a horrible, uh, Alabama trailer park. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's you know, it's not going to bother him. He's not going to be a downer. He's not going to be trying to bring you down. That's true. You can decorate it any way you like. You can turn it into a meth lab. You can burn it down. He won't care. He won't care. He won't care. He's not going to bitch about it. And the last thing you want to do is have someone there complaining the whole time about how horrible the, the trailer park is. It, it's and true. I, I think jousting Chewbacca will just be completely fucking epic. That would be I epic. think uh, of all three options here, the one that you're going to be able to you know add to your to your uh, your novel about your life, the one that they're going to put in the, the movie about your your, your life is uh, you jousting uh, Chewbacca. All right. So am I supposed to say now what I what I decided? Yes, and explain. Yeah. And that's explain. part of the game. Okay. The game, the fun of the game is explaining your answers. Of course, um, I would say that Brian actually is completely right. Sorry, Patrick, you're oh! my old dear friend and I worship you, but I, uh, I, you just don't understand me at all. You don't, I thought you got me and apparently you don't. So, it's your voice that's throwing me off and you're just being letters on a screen. It's true. Um, so I would give a bumpkin to a shitty mime because I was like, well, at least it's human, right? Whoa, and, wow. <laughs> Are those your standards, Ben? <laughs> look, look what I'm dealing with here. Look at what my choices are. Well, I'll take you home. At least you're human. Okay. <laughs> I would move into uh, and you know, a shitty mime. Mime can be cute, you know. Like you don't just because they're a shitty mime doesn't mean that they're How not. How can you tell them to the white face? I know. Well, that's white face is not a turn on for me at all. But this is the decision I made. Don't judge yeah, my right, choices. Right, right. Okay, I can't argue. I can't argue. I would move into an Alabama trailer park with a Care Bear who doesn't care. And I really debated whether I wanted to move in with Chewbacca or the Care Bear, because you're right. I think Chewbacca would make a low maintenance, easy roommate. Uh, and he has charisma. But it's I'm very verbal. And I think that I really need somebody who I can speak with. And I assume that the Care Bear would talk like they did on the cartoon. And uh, I like people who have no fucks left to give. So I assume <laughs> that I would also feel that way about a Care Bear. I could just imagine us sitting and drinking beer, watching TV, and just bitching for hours, and that's probably all I would need. You know, I would hate – I love Chewbacca, so I would hate to fight him, but 
after the other life choices I made, jousting with him was the one that just it just made the most sense. And I agree. I enjoy the epicness of it, but I am aware that Chewbacca would kick my ass in a minute. <laughs> so it would be over really fast. Uh, but, you know, like the Care Bear who doesn't care, I'd probably want it to be over really fast because I'm not very athletic. <laughs> well, I don't know how well Chewbacca can ride a horse either. Mm. Yes. <laughs> True. 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 So, uh, so uh, the way the game works is... Uh, I would then get uh, one point for everyone I got right, which, which is all of them. Gloater. All of them. And uh, Ben gets the same points as whoever gets the most. So Ben also gets three points. Okay. So uh, you are, uh, uh, as my mom would say, you are sucking hind tit right now, Patrick. <laughs> sucking what? Sucking hind tit. I believe hind- it's a, uh, a, 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 a. It's an Alabama thing, clearly. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm getting it with this, with teats and suckling, and yeah, you got the, you get the, you get the one that's in the, near the butt. I think yeah, I think it's a cat joke yeah. or a dog. It's an animal with many tits joke. You're t- it's a multi- I'm sucking the tit near the butt, which is the story of my life. <laughs> so now I talked to Brian earlier, and we have come up with a rather exciting proposition for you listeners. We are going to play kind of around. Ben is going to pull another set of cards, which I am going to determine my answers for. And if you write or call in with your answers and they match mine and I love the story, the best story that matches my answers will win a copy, not of Spank the Yeti because it's not out yet, but Ben's other game, Schmoovie, which is also awesome. Ben, uh, I'm sorry, Brian's game. Brian, could you please tell them about Schmoovie? Sure, yeah. So Schmovie is the hilarious game of made-up movies. Uh, it's been out for about three years now, and it's super simple to play. Uh, and, and unlike Spank the Yeti, uh, Schmovie is 8+, so it's a, a family game that you can play with uh, with everybody. Oh, forget uh, it. No, forget it. Offer's off. No, forget it. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, there, there's a twist. There's a twist. Okay. Uh, so in, uh, in Schmovie, one person's the judge, or we call him the Schmovie producer, and they roll a genre die. And the genre die lets you know uh, what kind of movie it's going to be. You know, it could be a horror or sci-fi or drama or action or romantic comedy. Uh, and one side has a question mark on it. And if you roll the question mark, you get to pick whatever genre genre, blah, 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 genre you want. Uh, and it's frequently uh, porn, uh, depending on who you're playing with. So we found a way to work porn into a game that's still great for, for yeah. kids and, and grandma. Sure. sure. That's nice. That was clever of you. Thank See, you. Thank you, you very much. You left a back door open. <laughs> but I'm pumped. See what I did there. Yes. Okay. So once you have a genre, you flip over two cards, and they tell you what your sh- uh, your sh- movie is about. So it could be a, a drama about a, um, a, uh, a a constipated princess, or an action movie about a killer sandwich, uh, anything. And then everyone writes down a title for what they would want to call, say, an, an action movie about a killer sandwich. And it could be based on a real movie, like... Um, uh, Last Action Gyro. Nice. Sleepy Hala. Or uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Tortoise, I guess. Uh, or completely made up, like Loaded Bun. Or um, Now we're back to porn. Now we're back to porn again. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, the game's super simple. You come up with funny titles for made-up movies, and uh, it's a blast. And uh, we would love to uh, to have your listeners win some game- games. That sounds super fun and exciting. Okay, I'm ready. And after you, after we're done recording, I'm going to let you guys 
No. Well, we'll, we'll finish this round when they're not around. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Forget it. Don't You don't need to know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm a goddamn host. Just say yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, so, Brian, please pull my cards. Okay. So, and if uh, if you love these, awesome. If you don't love these, we can pull new cards. If it doesn't matter, I, I am going to work with the cards I am dealt. Okay, so we have feed pudding two. Feet put into. Uh, feed pudding two. Put wait what? <laughs> uh, feed pudding two. You're, you're going to give someone pudding. Oh, feed pudding too. Okay. Maybe with a spoon or a Okay, okay, uh-huh. Uh, you make a skin suit out of. Skin suit, sure. And treat to a golden shower. Okay. Uh, we have, and so for your objects, we have the Knight Susay Knee. Uh-huh. A dancing Gordon, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> and Beetlejuice. <sighs> okay. Uh, you two talk amongst yourselves for a second while I figure out my answers. I know the. I feel like I know the answers to all of those. You know the answer to everything. Is uh, for myself. I mean, I don't oh, know for about you. Three. Okay. Okay. Have you Have you heard Patrick talking about putting one way or the other, Ben? Uh, n- no, no. Yes, he has. Uh, if he, yes, he has. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this show called uh, Midsummer Murders, BBC uh, series, uh-huh. and you know it's a stuffy British mystery thing. And there was one at a, an exclusive boys' academy, you know, ancient ancient school. And there was an ancient ancient club there that was. It started off as something innocuous, and now all of a sudden had all this strange power in the school, you know, to get people fired or make you disappear or possibly have you killed. But the name of the club that was struck fear into the heart of everyone was the Pudding Club. <laughs> so could oh, you wow. have come up – and they, no matter how dramatically they said it, well, I believe you've come up on the wrong side of the Pudding Club. Fear the wrath of the Pudding Club. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> pudding. I wonder what kind of pudding was the Well, club. everything over there is pudding. Oh, oh, that's right. So they're like pudding is like a casserole. All it's desserts like are pudding. And it's sometimes a sausage. It was very confusing. Okay, I have my answers. I have. Wait a minute. Okay. Great. Okay, so listeners, get on the uh, emails. Crew at screamqueens.com, and that's queen, queen, bleh, queens with a Z. Or pick up the phone and dial 917-720-2047 and leave me your answers and tell me why and make them good. And if there is a match and I cannot decide, it will be decided by Rafflecopter. Rafflecopter. But when you just can't make a decision. Okay. So, boys, we're going to take a little break. We're going to listen to the trailer for Flowers in the Attic from 1987. And we are going to have some fun with Captive Children. The Secret. Remember, God sees everything. The sin. The children. And you are the devil's spawn, evil from the moment of conception. Flowers in the attic. 
based on the international best-selling novel that has generated three sequels and shocked 40 million readers worldwide. Flowers in the Attic comes at last to the screen. Now, the excursion into darkness begins. Flowers in the Attic, the gothic tale of love and revenge. Mother! Starring Victoria Tennant and Academy Award winner Louise Fletcher. Flowers in the Attic, from New World Pictures. Okay, so... The trailer's much better than the movie. Uh, it's much shorter than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Am I better? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, Flowers in the Attic, based on the infamous V.C. Andrews novel. This is the version from 1987. We are not talking about the Lifetime version, because I, there's only so much of this story that I can take. Now, Ben wrote and begged and pleaded and cried and said, Please, Patrick, please, I simply must come on this show. Ben, what is the obsession with this movie for you? Well, I'm, it's, I'm really obsessed with you, Patrick. It's not, I was just, I thought that the Flowers in the Attic would be a good gimmick that would allow me to weasel my way in, like uh, Eve Harrington talking about her dead boyfriend in San Francisco. Uh, but, oh, uh, no. did you just, call, so I'm Margot uh, Channing in this situation? Yes, and I want to be your assistant. Oh, oh so I'm getting too old Betty Davis? Is that what you're trying to say? She's gorgeous. Okay. Uh huh. You know what? I, I I do have cold cream all over my face right now, so it's a completely perfect analogy. <laughs> I am obsessed with this movie though because um, when I was very little, it came out on video, and I saw the commercial on WPIX, which I'm sure you're intimately acquainted with. Oh sure, Channel Eleven. And Channel Eleven at the movie New York's movie station, and I asked my mom to for me and she did and I was watching horror movies and whatever inappropriate things at that time but this movie traumatized me the idea that like a grandmother could like beat the shit out of her grandkids was literally beyond the realm of possibility for me like I do like parents beat their kids whatever and I, I see TV movies that wasn't you know that was nothing but a grandmother, I was like, what is this? This is crazy. And I, like, freaked out. And I couldn't even go to the video store's drama section to, because I was afraid of seeing Louise Fletcher's, like, scary-ass face. And whatever you say about how shitty this movie is, and it, <laughs> it is kind of shitty, her face is scary. Like, the makeup people and, like, whatever she was doing with her bone structure, like, that was working. <laughs> so I didn't see it for years after that. But, like, I read the book a million times. And I developed the, this weird kind of obsession, like, when you're, like, afraid to, like, you avoid a trauma, but you keep, like, going back to it at the same time. And then finally, when I was like 12 or 13, I saw it again, and I became, I just, you know, I loved it. <laughs> I just love how bad it is. But I mean, I, I actually think that um, it's fairly well directed and well photographed, which I think, and beautifully scored, which nobody ever talks about because the okay. script is so bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, I love the script too. I love Louise Fletcher's crazy monologues, and I could do all of them, but I'm not going to. So that's the obsession. It's, it's like my constant desire to explore this childhood trauma. How could you give me a gift like that and then take it away, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? 
What about I say? I don't even know. Oh, he said, well, I could do all of her monologues, but I'm not going to. Oh. <laughs> well, if you insist, maybe I will. Just dangle that, that chocolate do... truffle right in front of my face and then eat it <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I see how you are. All the truth comes out now. Okay. Brian. Just, you, I was just going to ask, how much does it deviate from the book? Because, Ben, you, you've read the book a bunch of times. Is it uh, basically the same? Is it very different? Oh, no. The fans, the V.C. Andrews fans are rageful because in the book, Chris and Kathy, the teenagers, they like like flat out have sex like a lot of times. Oh, my God. Uh, and, yeah. Well, the thing is, in the book, because I read the book a million times, too. I guess it's a gay thing. <laughs> but you know what's weird? You know what's weird? I read it when I was in like the fourth grade, and then by the time – when I was in high school, it was all over the young adult section. So it would be like Judy Bloom. Um, you know, the, the, the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, Flowers in the Attic. I'm like, these things don't go together. This, this is a fuck. The, the thing is, what, what struck me with the big difference between the movie and the book is that the book, they're there for years. They grow up in that attic. This movie seemed to just be maybe a couple of months. I had a really hard yeah, time. Is it like, I was guessing a year, two years, maybe. It's, it's, um, I was trying to guess based on like their haircuts and stuff, but there's, there's some continuity issues with the hair yeah. that, um, yeah. made it kind of hard to tell. But it had to be at least six months, a year, maybe. I, I imagine that it was a year. I'm going to guess it's a year because it was sunny and not green out when they got there. And it was sunny and green again when they left. Totally. Yes. And there's a moment where they make a big deal out of it turning winter. Yes. Right. Because we have to put the flowers away. Uh, so sad. The paper flowers, not the real flowers. Those flowers are already put away. <laughs> They've been brought to God. They are God okay. has taken them. So if this, if there's for some reason somebody out there who does not know the story, Brian, would you do the honor of giving like a thirty second description of the plot? Thirty the basic second plot. Basic plot: There is a family of four kids and a mom. And when the father dies, they all go live with the grandma uh, and the ailing grandpa because the mom has hatched the plan that uh, she if, <laughs> if she can get them to write her back into the will, they will all be rich beyond uh, their wildest dreams. However, grandpa can't know that the kids are there, so they all have to be hidden in the attic. Okay. Why can't grandpa know about the kids? Grandpa can't go about the know about the kids because mom has had a secret affair or she ran off and got married uh, to her uncle and had uh, kids who uh, grandma thinks are an abomination and uh, grandpa can't know about them. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. That was very well done. Good job. Good job, Brian. Thank you very much. You're doing very well. Brian was nervous before he came on. <laughs> it was cute. It was cute. We don't bite here. Yeah, I ugh, I have not seen this in a long time. I think I rented it when it came out on VHS and was just not impressed. The thing is, with the book and the movie, it's like nothing. It's not really a horror story. Nothing happens. I mean, yeah, these kids being in prison is a horrible thing, but the book is really more about the tedium that happens, and that is what leads to the incest because their their bodies are changing and there's no other outlet, and they don't know what they're doing, and they don't even know what they did was wrong. I have a hard time guessing how old they are in the movie because they could pass for early 20s. Yeah, they're like 30. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. 
Yeah, they're not hitting puberty. Like puberty is long past these two in yeah. the movie. Yeah, and I, I also saw I also I did not remember the twins being as young as they were, and I said, uh, that's probably also why they shortened this thing because oh, otherwise right. they'd have to cast other kids. Oh, that's such I, a good point. That's mm-hmm. a really good point. Grow, grow. What's the matter with you? And I, like I said, I didn't read the book, but they they keep alluding to there being some sexual tension between. The, the the brother and the sister, but they never go there. They, that was the thing that was killing me. This movie is dripping in incest, not yes. just between them. I mean, I, there was a, there was a scene early on where they're, they're changing in front of each other. I'm like, oh, foreshadowing to incest. And then I remember, that's right, it doesn't happen in this. And there's tons of it. Well, also Kathy and her father in the first scene. That was very sexual to me. Oh yeah, because yeah. because he had mom looking in the room like. <gasps> He's paying too much attention to her. Why doesn't he pay attention to me like that? So right from the beginning, that family's creepy. Yes. <laughs> it just runs in the blood. And it was funny, because the, the father, it's not funny that the, the father is killed in a car accident on his birthday. But the kids and the family, they're all getting hilarious. <laughs> it's not funny. It's hilarious. But no, the kids are getting, the family's getting ready to throw him a surprise birthday party. And the twins come in and run and say in unison, we want to taste daddy's cake. And I was like, yep, incest. It's right there. It's right there. Coming right off that scene with the creepy, with the creepy juke, uh, jukebox. What am I, what am I thinking? A music box. And it was weird. The whole thing's weird. You know, that, back up a moment. Like the moment we meet the, the father and he comes into the daughter's uh, bedroom uh-huh. and she's laying there and he, no, I guess it's after that. He comes in and he, he's giving her this music box. And I, I wrote down the line. He says something like, uh, the moment I saw that box, I knew you had to have it. Uh-huh. Totally. And I'm thinking, he's thinking, the moment I saw your box, I knew I had to Because he it. didn't say music box. He said no. box. <laughs> and she's huh. smiling at him, and he's caressing her. And, and this is, what, five minutes into the film? Not even. It's like a minute into the movie. It's the first, yeah. it's the first scene. <laughs> also, when is this happening? Like what year? Yeah, because in the book, it's it the fifties. It's the fifties, and this is judging by, not the fifties. It's clearly like nineteen eighty-seven, except we have an, an, uh, an off-screen narration from an adult version of Kathy. So I'm like, what? She's a visitor from the future. What is happening? Yeah, I, I always assumed that she was she was speaking to us from the future because Victoria Tennant's outfits are definitely from the eighties. It was kind of confusing for a while. They could, they were generic enough, all of them were generic enough for a while. But then once she moved into the house, I'm like, oh no, 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 no. This is all from the di- the not not even the Dynasty connect, uh, uh, collection. It's from like the Falcon Crest. <laughs> it's very Falcon. Or like one, one of the lesser. Ri- no, it's from the Flamingo Road collection. <laughs> Some ripoff of of <laughs> Dynasty. When they're in the car, do you get a do you get to see the car? Because I feel like that would be a good clue as to what year the movie takes place. Because you know, most of it takes place. In this they're on the bus. Yeah, they're on. The, I thought they were on a bus. See, we don't. We weren't even clear about how the mode of travel is. But <laughs> our boyfriend drives up later, and it's an '80s car. Okay. Okay. This is how well I know this movie. I'm like, wait, there, there is a car. I could imagine that. Well, he's got a freaking. It. He's got like primo '80s. Soap opera mullet. Yes. The boyfriend. Amazing. Oh, we're way ahead of herself. When they're on that bus or train or car or whatever it is, and she's complaining about having to leave home, I was going, why are you yelling? 
And it became <laughs> evident. I read a review of it a million years ago that said that's like her Oscar clip speech. <laughs> like she, this is what they're going to play when I'm nominated for my Oscar. It is, Emily, why are you – you're on public transportation and you're yelling. But then I realized as the movie went on, all of her dialogue is yelling. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what Christy Swanson knows how to do. I've read so many mean jokes about her playing a robot in Deadly Friend and how like, that was the only role that she was well cast in. But I don't know. She's that is a lie. That is a lie. Do the, they talk about why the father dies? Uh, it's a car accident. He dies in a car accident. Okay. That's, I, I know that from the book. I don't think they said it in the... It's not in the I'm, movie. But... I missed it in the movie. And uh, uh, no spoilers for later on, but because people, you know, there's good guys and bad guys in this movie. Um, I didn't know, like, maybe the mom was in on it from the beginning. Uh, or like, okay. Like, I, I don't see. know. And I also... I don't like they establish that he is the uncle, uh-huh. but they don't say who like who he's the brother to. Like, is he grandma's brother or is there another sibling? Like, how? That's a really good question because her parents are a million years old. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm guessing it was from the other side of the family. And he's thirty. In the book, he was the father's brother. Okay, he's the he's. He's grandpa's brother? Yeah, there might have been some more complex situation, uh, how that came to be, but I think so. Yeah, because they are, you're right, because he's ancient. He's like 112 years old, so. Yeah, and we know they they make a big point to establish the age of the father, because, like, the first setup there, she comes in and she's all, the Kathy's all stressed out because she can't figure out how to line up 36 uh, candles on a cake. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Should we talk about that Oh God! No, like we, they established very early on that she's a troubled character because her entire conversation is, "I don't know how to put thirty-six candles on a cake and how to line them up." Um, and, then, <laughs> and she's like really agitated about it. That's because like, she's that's a girl, and math is hard for girls. Don't you remember <laughs> that Barbie? She taught us that math is hard. That must be it. That must be it. And the brother totally gives her patriarchal bullshit about that, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Like, he totally mansplained that cake to her. <laughs> Something that I noticed in that whole, like, twins talking about eating daddy's cake and all the running Taste around. It. Tasting and daddy's cake. Tasting. <laughs> is that, and that seems to be a million times, but watching it now, I was like, Victoria Tennant hates these children. Like, she did before <laughs> they moved to Virginia. Yeah. Like this woman doesn't have a matrician. This is like what happened to like what happened to like Mary Tyler Moore and ordinary people if she had had four children instead of just two. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Do, do people talk about how terrible uh, the actors are for like the kids? Yeah. Like, I didn't think the girl was as bad, but uh, Corey, I think his name is, is uh, maybe the worst actor. Granted, he's 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 what six. But, it's uh, that. It, there, there's, it's those were teeny kids. I I wasn't even convinced that he wanted to eat cake when he said something like, you know, I want to eat the cake. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For me, though, it kind of adds a level of effectiveness because I feel so bad for, the, for just kind of acting like that that I get sad when he suffers in the movie. But I doubt that was the intention of the filmmakers. Okay. Well, I mean, you, you know, that's why you don't work with kids. They have no talent except your four and a half year old intern. She's a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, get out of the way, get out of the way, give me that rat, where's Fred? I'm not sharing a screen with a rat, are you crazy? <laughs> All the cookies are mine. <laughs> yeah, she, she'd be dead immediately. 
Yeah, she yeah. Made, she made all the cookies so, and uh, be gone. And are we, I mean, uh, Ellen Burns Burstyn, Academy Award winning actress. And I'm gonna guess it's the direction. I mean, I mean, the acting is so flat all the way through. It has to be the direction because she's she has no levels. <laughs> you mean Louise Fletcher? I'm sorry. I confuse the two of them all the time. Eileen Brennan. Eileen Brennan is the grandmother. It was terrible. <laughs> Louise Fletcher. That would have sorry. Been I'm sorry. You are correct. Uh, yeah. I mean, the most interesting thing about her was that she was this prim religious woman who still wore an incredible amount of blue eyeshadow and horror red lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> that, that to me is the most offensive change from the book, not the lack of incest. Because in the book, she just wears like a gray dress and like has gray hair pulled back all the time. But she's like totally like obsessed with her jewelry and like she's kind of slutting it, slutting it up in this movie. Yeah, but we have no story about her. She's got one dimension. That's it. She's just evil. Yeah. But her face is kind of scary. Like, am I wrong on that? I'm just saying she's scary, but there's nothing else there. I kind of like to know what's driving her. Jesus. Or what is she like outside of that room? I mean, granted, maybe that wasn't in the book, but, you know, she, as as an actress, I think she would, whatever. These actors actually wrote a prequel to Flowers in the Attic called Garden of Shadows, which was all about the grandmother's rise from Did she really write it? Did she really write it? Or was it the person who kept writing for, like, 20 years after the woman died? My understanding. DC Andrews has been dead since like 1932, (laughs) yet still has a book out every year. She's like the Tupac of trashy literature. (laughs) That's true. The rumor on the street is that she had written part of it, and Andrew Dieterman, who also wrote Pin, which is another great ladies' movie, uh, finished it. But whoever, who knows if that's true? Okay. Okay. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of books to the series, but they this one kind of said we're not making a sequel. But the way these ended, but we're not there yet. We're ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah, okay, sexy foreshadowing. Yes, she was in that bathtub a lot. Yes, I clearly it was supposed to be symbolic of something because there was a point where she's not taking a bath but was in the bathtub anyway. Oh, that's a really <laughs> good point. That's her safety zone, right? That's where I she, guess. So uh, this is my womb. Yeah, not my womb, but my the womb. Forget it. <laughs> Well, she's, she wants to be surrounded by her sexuality because, like, she's not allowed to have uh, or something. Uh, yeah, she takes lots know. of baths and she's never alone. She's never alone in the bath, damn bathtub. <laughs> yeah, every time she gets in there, Chris is, like, knocking at the door. Uncomfortably washing her back. Yeah, that was odd, right? He comes in and she just hands him the washcloth. Like, you know what to do. You Get busy. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. I really like, the wonder thing with... why they didn't just have the incest when, like, every other shot was, like, her caressing her legs while he watched. I guess they must have wanted it to be rated PG-13. Or it got cut. Yeah. In previews. There yeah. was a lot, a lot of was cut from this movie. They totally reshot the ending, and the director walked off the set. The ending smacks of reshot, but we're not there yes. yet either. Uh, what, what? I see, I don't even know really what to talk about, because I was just really bored, but, um... <laughs> Oh, my I, favorite thing. What, oh, I remember this. I remember this quote, and I don't remember who said it. Ben, I have to pass this to you. Remember how he mowed the lawn? I think that must have been um, must have been Kathy. I must have been, but it was just such a. I don't remember. It just it it, it it was a line that was so terrible. I wrote it down. Now I don't remember the context. Who? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember the context of it either. 
Speaking of mowing the lawn, they have a lot of shots of this, you know, giant grand front lawn of this thing, right? Of, of the house, uh-huh. this old decrepit manor, which is, and the lawn must be what two hundred yards across. Uh-huh. And as far as I can tell, there are three people who work <laughs> at this mansion, not including grandma. Yeah. And grandma. Yep. And you know, the, the groundskeeper, you know, old uh, you know, Gristle Joe. Yep. He, uh, he. I'm guessing he mows this entire thing probably with one of those old school push, pushing rotary, sure, like, sure, things. And the, the lawn's immaculate, right? Uh-huh. It looks it looks beautiful. I know. There's no. There's a butler. There are no maids. I don't know who's cleaning this monstrosity of a house. There is one. No, there's one. You see a woman washing a window, and it's V.C. Andrews. Oh, you're right. In you're one right. shot, there's right. an old woman, and we never see her again. That was V.C. Andrews. It was V.C. Andrews. Wow. Well, wow. Well, I guess that's the problem when you're an author and do a cameo. Nobody knows who the fuck you are. <laughs> you're not Stephen King. Sorry. Sorry. My favorite thing about uh, Chris, he had three moments of slow-mo nose. No! That's why he got cast. He was really good at those. Those were his Oscar scenes. I remember they showed one of those on the commercial, and that's one of the things that attracted me to the movie. Really? I love to really? see slow mo. Really? Go for that sort of thing. Uh, totally. Can we talk about how their living quarters, even though we're supposed to be shocked and terrified at how oppressed they are, are like kind of would be a fabulous New York townhouse? Yeah, yeah. In the book, it was a rickety room. It was like a spare room that had been fitted up. Not anymore. No, no. This this was I I thought I'm like oh they're gonna get taken to another room. No, they're not. This is this is this is the room. This is the room. I mean I get it. The decor left something to be desired, so that's pretty impressive. Well, they didn't have a bed like their mom that had fucking wings. <laughs> did have a winged bed. That was hilarious. Again, subtle subtle, like a, subtle 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 imagery like a, there. Like a Stevie Nicks video or something. Like yeah, it, yeah. It needed oh, some, like the... blowing curtains and her in a diaphanous gown. Yeah. <laughs> with a torch. I I actually think that the video for Gypsy might have been filmed in that room. It could it could happen. It could happen. And did you catch like the incest stuff that was going on with Grandpa too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like this whole fa- this, this whole family's fucked. They're all fucking everybody. <laughs> Even the twins only want to sleep with each other. It's disgusting. <laughs> the girl bit her. The little girl bit her on the leg. Uh-uh. That's so funny. Um, I seem to remember the girl you, got kicked across the room in the book. And I remember waiting for that, and it didn't happen. When she bit the grandma. What happened in the book? Hmm? What happened in the book? I could have sworn that when the kid bit the grandmother in the leg, that the grandmother kicked her across the room like a puppy. <laughs> you know, I remember that, too. And, and then it I, must be in the book. And I was very disappointed. I'm like, kick that little bitch. <laughs> Kick that infant! And they're such rude children making noise early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Let me take a, a step back and and talk about like, the fact that nobody could get a job when when dad died. I mean, we've got the two older siblings are uh, in their twenties, and neither of them can get a job. Mom clearly can't get a job, um, so we're all just gonna put on suits and ties and go suck up to this, evil grandma this elaborate plot yeah like can't they just well get at least the, at least the book they were 11 and 12 no they couldn't get jobs 
Okay. And it was the, the 50s, 50s, so she might so not have been able to get a job. Yeah. Okay. The whole less... moving into the 80s thing, which clearly was done for budgetary reasons, creates some problems. Yeah, but you, I have to agree with you, Ben. Something you said earlier, the score was actually excellent. Yeah, haunting. There's like some like choir singing in the background the whole yeah. time, and it's really spooky stuff. Yeah, I wish it was in a better movie. I know. Christopher Young is a genius. I think he did the score for like Hellraiser too, and I just want him to be so famous. It, it, that's the that's the sad thing when I watch this movie. I always feel like it could be like like it, it was really well shot. It had a really good score, and it kind of feels like I imagined the book feeling if only there were a different plot and dialogue. Yeah, is the book slow? Because everyone moves in slow motion. The this. book is slow because it goes on forever, and it is just about this endless filling of time. Watching seasons come and seasons go, and, well, I'll never have another, a summer when I'm 14 again. <laughs> that kind of thing. So there's a lot of that, a lot of introspection that you don't get in here. A lot, not as much yelling, but <laughs> fun <laughs> games and adventures and how they fill their time and more, more incidents and grandma's rules, which they only just mention. There's like a million of them. Yeah. They don't talk about what they are. They just like, here's a piece of paper that has a bunch of rules on it. And then you don't, we're not going to hear what they are. Nope. They were just really bad. Do you have an example of one from the book? Uh, well, they mentioned like not sitting on the bed at the same time. I can't remember. It's been so oh, long. Okay. Sure. Um, did, did they explain the grandparents to these kids in, at any point in their life before dad dies? No. It doesn't seem I'm, – I'm guessing at some point, you know, while the kids are – you know, they're in middle school or elementary school and they're making a family tree and they're like, hey, I wonder if mom has any parents. Um, totally. It, it just never, ever came up. Actually, your family tree will be very simple because it's pretty much just one branch <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of people on it. <laughs> a lot of twigs mashing into each other. Yeah, that's true because the father wouldn't have had grandparents either who they could parents either who they would go see probably because you know it was all relatives yeah yeah i don't you know. raise, raise such intriguing questions oh this this was the other this is the I, other quote that I, I pulled and i remember the situation at some point chris just goes well i think i better check on the twins and i pictured kathy just going you mean these <laughs> no, <the> twins. <laughs> My favorite line of dialogue that Chris says is when he's like, after they've just found out that their father is their uncle. Wait, great uncle? Anyway, and he's like, do you think it's true? Or Kathy says, do you think it's true what they say about kids who are the products of incest having horns and tails? And Chris is like, well, you certainly can't tell by us. And I was like, God, you think so highly of yourself. Uh-huh. Like when I was 13 or however old you're supposed to be, I would have been like, oh my God, that's why I look this way. You know, I'm so impressed by Well, that's because therapy. he's well out of puberty. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's already in therapy. He's, he's self He's got his PhD. You know, he's, he's got, everything's going good for him. That's why he's already, I mean, because he, he doesn't even have to study those medical books that were in the attic. He was teaching himself medicine. For books that were in the attic, awesome which is only kind of referenced in this. And I liked he went through all the symptoms of cyanide poisoning with the kid and then like never got up on it. He has really specific things that are specific. Oh, I'm sorry. Arsenic poisoning. 
<laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. And then they're surprised the kid was poisoned. Why did they change it from a donut to a cookie? It bothers me. I'm so glad you raised this question because I was asking myself the same thing. And I was wondering, do you think it's – well, can I – can I talk about the last scene, or do we have to wait? Because I think maybe there's a connection. Go right ahead. What, because Eat the Donut isn't as funny as Eat the Cookie Mama? <laughs> totally. Like, what if there was, like, a focus group, and they decided that Eat the Donut wasn't as dramatic as Eat the Cookie? <laughs> it's just a really weird change, really weird, unnecessary change. And it does change the arc of the book. Uh, the story, because in the book, I think for a long time, the mom did want them out. She yes. wanted them to be able to come out. But as the years went by, it clearly she decided we're going to have to just get rid of them. Uh, but this, that those those poison cookies started coming really soon. Like on I day wondered if this was a murder plot before those kids stepped foot in the house. Did you yeah. sense there was a period moment in the movie when, like... Victoria Tennant wanted to off them, or do you think she always did? Like, I always wondered, like, does the mother, does the grandmother persuade her? Like, I always kind of wondered what the thought processes were behind that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could just, we'll I could, because in the book it was clear that, you know, it was just running out of time. My life's going on. I have this opportunity. I think we're just going to have to make them disappear. They're an inconvenience <laughs> now. Nobody's going to notice. They've been gone forever. Uh, but this I is think, all very abrupt. I think the mom was planning on offing the kids pretty early on. I think she was going to offer him at that birthday party, and the father fucked it up by dying himself. <laughs> but the cake never got eaten. <laughs> this so is why I only commit to cats, because you just never know what direction your life is going to take you. I see. I see. Oh, and of course, I the, like big... the creepy silence. My favorite scene is when the, the haircut. Where poor Kathy is assaulted with scissors and the grandmother brutally gives her the savage haircut and make well, she basically gives her a wig. Yeah, the worst yeah. wig ever. And the whole time and every time she showed up in the wig after that, I just wanted her to be like, Fair is fair. We can't afford to be innocent. So yeah, good. Who's cutting the hair of uh, of Chris? Because you think either either Chris was cutting his own hair. Or whoever was cutting his hair could also help Kathy with hers. Yeah. Well, he cut her hair. They were cutting – in the book, they were cutting each other's hair. And their clothes, yeah. as they were growing, were coming out of the attic. Uh-huh. Because as the movie goes on, when they were escaping, like he's wearing some really fucked up Amish stirrup pants and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's why. That wasn't an 80s choice. That was stuff that supposedly had come from the attic. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so one I, of my favorite scenes uh, is – so along the way, they sort of establish that Chris wants to be a doctor or he had planned to be a doctor or that was sort of his goal. Uh-huh. So then when uh, Corey, the, the little small brother, is super sick and he's laying there and he clearly hasn't eaten in a while and uh, they think he, he, he's going to die. And uh, so uh, Chris goes and he gets a, 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 uh, a rubber hose and a razor blade. And I think, OK, he's going to do some cool doctor shit here. He's going to like do like a blood transfusion or something. And what does he do? He slices his arm open and then just starts feeding his blood to Corey. Yeah, that was fucked up. I don't remember that in the book. Style. He, and, and Corey's like totally into it. He's just like, oh, yeah, sure. And he kind of bends over and just starts feeding on his brother. Mm. Yeah, I've never heard of that being a, an adequate cure for anything. 
<laughs> no, considering Chris is malnourished as well. I don't know how tasty and nutritious that blood's going to be, but whatever. Whatever. It's just another form of sex for those people. The fucking... The dri- <laughs> They're like, we've tried everything else. Let's like look. Let's go through this copy of the Joy of Kink that's in the attic because the yeah. attic has everything and explore. Uh, ben, in the book, was their name Dresden? Yeah, no, it was Dollinganger, but they Dollinganger, were Dollinganger. That's to- right. I knew it had something to do with dolls. Yes, I want. But they were dolls. referred to as the Dresden dolls by the society in their town. Mm. Mm. Okay, because they're beautiful. They're perfect. They're, they were the perfect family. Perfect blonde Aryan family. <laughs> With a filthy secret. This could have been like a really nice gothic story, as in like, you know, innocence in this large house with a dirty secret, but they kind of loaded all the secrets right up front. Sure. <laughs> That's a really good point, yeah. It, it might be better if they kind of discovered all the dirt. And I did enjoy that Grandma's big rule was no noise, yet everyone's screaming all the time. (laughs) Just yelling yelling all the time. Well, they're yelling and they're like wandering around the house, and like it really, they're and then they're wandering around the house and they're in the grandfather's room with him and they're screaming, and I'm just like that really. He's dead. He's dead. He's. He's They walk. They walk in there, and and you know, there's an old guy laying in the bed with his eyes closed. And uh, Dr. Chris immediately just goes, oh, well, he's dead, because his eyes are closed. <laughs> and then they so run over like there. And get Poke him right with a stick, him. Kathy. Poke him with a stick. He's, and he's, <laughs> you, can, you can tell he's breathing. Like He's clearly breathing there. He's not a very good doctor. <laughs> he didn't get to the part about respiration yet. <laughs> um, and you notice that any time that they snuck out of the house – uh, or out of their room to kind of go around the house. They didn't bring any sort of weapon with them. No. Um, yeah, like, like, there's nothing that's going to keep them, you know. And, and there seem to be a lot of pointy, sharp objects in the room. Like, they use a, a screwdriver yeah. or a chisel or something to right. finally right. take the door off the hinges. Right. They don't think right. to bring any of these weapons with them as they're. You know, I think that's a problem from them casting, having to cast the older kids so old. Because when you're 11 and 12, you know, adults are the authority figure. You wouldn't even think mm-hmm. of fighting back. Right. You would agree. That makes sense. It's unthinkable. But when – I mean freaking Chris came in like the six-foot-two macho manly man. Yeah, he's captain of the football team. And yeah. you know, he's scared totally. of grandma uh-huh. and, uh, from the beginning. Uh-huh. But he loves mom. He really loves mom. He loves, oh, yeah. mom. He loves her. He loves her. He loves her. Because, like I said, he loves to clean the wounds on her back. <laughs> oh, gross. I forgot about that. Oh, I have to point out another uh, sublimated incest scene that I noticed watching it this time that I never had before, which is so shockingly obvious. The scene where they're trying to escape uh, in, in the big the kind of tour de force, quote unquote, scene where they are on the roof and they are um, moving the bar. They're trying to get the bars off the window. Before you know what they're doing, the oh. camera kind of pans around the house, and you hear Chris saying, pull, Kathy, pull it, pull it, that's it. And they hear the both moaning, like, oh, oh, pull it, that's it, Kathy. And I was like, holy shit, that is, like, over-the-top real. <laughs> that is fantastic. I didn't catch that. You're a pig. That's because we're normal people, Brian. <laughs> Bed is a pig. And we get... Oh, yeah. 
the big conclusion. We 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 realize mom's getting married to another man, and and uh, these kids have been cut. You know, she's in the will, and she can't. If 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 children are ever discovered, the inheritance will be taken away. So these kids have to disappear. And I think it's really great that you can find a whole house full of servants or two or three, depending, that are perfectly okay. Totally. With knocking off children. Totally. No problem at all. No it's problem like at all. the guy like, digging the graves in the woods. No yeah. problem. Did Did you notice <laughs> that in the dance, the, the fancy you know ball where uh, mm. uh, mom and, and the other fellow, are, uh, you know, the new husband to be Bart. are dancing? <laughs> Bart. Bart. She's wearing a backless dress. Um, you, you'd think she would have these horrible scars all over her back. From what, six oh, so, months ago, like and, she was, and I'm sure that's not the first time it's happened either. Yes. Oh man, yeah. that's right, the fucking whipping scene too. When when Grandma pulled out, not I'm, it's not a switch, it's not a belt, <laughs> it's not a riding crop. It's like a fucking six foot, like nine foot long whip, like circus tamer whip. <laughs> Indiana Jones is hiding in the in the bag. There. I was like, holy shit! I I've never seen a whip like that in. Any movie ever? She would have to stand it. Like, she would have to sit in another room to be able to hit her, just like to get the whole thing going. It crazy! It was a crazy big whip. I'm like fixated with the idea of Louise Fletcher's character like going shopping for all this stuff. Like, did she go shopping for that dress that she always wears? Did she go uh-huh. shopping for the whip? Does she have relationships with the clerks in downtown Virginia? Sure, sure. Oh, we 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 found the perfect whip for you, Mrs. Whatever the hell your name is. <laughs> Mrs. Grandma, Mrs. Grandmother. <laughs> you can't buy that in an innocuous brown bag off of Amazon. Like, you had to buy that in person. No, because it's not, it wasn't even like a, a horse, like it was used for a horse or anything you know, on a farm, nothing. Like, this was some, some fucked up, like, sadomasochistic ass whip. And the internet didn't exist in 1987. What else does she have in that bag? I don't know. Ball gag. I don't know, Felix the Cat. What do you got in there? <laughs> <laughs> and she has the servant bring it to her too. And That's I, all part of it. And I think just the crowning glory of this movie is the absolutely unintentionally hilarious finale. Look at us, mother. How could you do this to us? Here, mother, our wedding present to you. Stop it. Go on. Eat it. Eat the cookie. <laughs> well, that's become like. I mean, that is like the you know, uh, the burning of Atlanta for a certain group of movie fans, the level of iconicity. It's the end of 2001. It's the whole thing, yes. Yes, exactly. And she's back and away from that cookie like it's on fire. (laughs) Really quickly, right? She goes from, hey, mommy, eat this cookie, to dead in, what, four seconds? Yeah, in in one of those deus ex machina endings. Oh, curse that veil. Perfect. I never quite got that, how she hugged herself out her veil. <laughs> on her veil. I don't know. It, just, it should be attached to the back of her head, right? Yeah. And actually, Stevie Nicks connection. Did you notice she's kind of wearing Stevie Nicks boots? Like, maybe Stevie Nicks is a big influence for this character. Maybe. 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 Thunder only happens when your kids are in the attic. And then sort of the last shot there, we see Grandma with a black eye. I guess we didn't talk about how Grandma finally gets taken down. Yeah. Um, Grandma, in the last shot, has got a black eye. Just kind of looking out the window. No one, like, they're not going to arrest Grandma. You know, 
she's or no one else is an accomplice. The kids just leave. She just walk out. Right. There's just a de- they just yeah, everybody's like, well, this party sucks. We're going home. <laughs> I well, the chocolate fountain is still running, so we're gonna go over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bunny hop. Wondered, oh wait, what, Patrick? Sorry. No, I just said hey, hey, the bunny hop. Let's do that. I always wondered if she was thinking, like, I'm going to get those fuckers, or if she was like, you know what, they've been through enough, let them go away. I don't know. I, don't I know. know. I always do. I, I always imagine things that aren't there. Yes, well, the book does not end that way. It doesn't? No. I, the kids escape. The mother does not die. I, I think they confront her, and the kids escape. Yes. And there are many, many more novels about those kids after they leave the house. Um, I think I stopped after If There Be Thorns when the mother came back. I just didn't care anymore. But Because when they hung the mother, I'm like, well, I guess they're not doing any sequels. I know somebody who, when he saw this movie in the theater in 1987, cried out when they hung the mother because it meant there would be no sequel. I, yeah, I can I could see that going all Kathy Bates. That's cock-a-doody! <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what it was that's like, a lie! That's a lie! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I was happy to see her die, just because it's just, I don't. I'm not a big Victoria Tennant fan. Never have been. And she's the real, like the real bad guy of this film. You know, I think yeah. you know, Grandma is, you know, a, a, a she's a twisted Bible beater. Yeah. Um, and I, I think she's angry because she really thinks that the kids are, uh, you know, uh, born to to some incest. They're, you know, they're horrible creatures and. And should punish for their their sins, uh-huh. but I, I think she generally believes that. Yeah, um, and yeah, I this is not. I mean, because this belief. this whole religious thing ain't new for her. Yeah, because uh, uh, I mean, the, the, the religion was missing too. Like she made them do Bible quotes and stuff like that. They would eat if they could recite Bible quotes and things like that. So there was a lot of that sort of a thing. I remember them. The only thing they were allowed to read was the Bible, and they were like, "This is even lustier and dirtier than any of the novels that they took away from us." <laughs> <laughs> They loved it. So they left, yes, because they're like, we're getting ideas from this. <laughs> uh, the mom is truly evil. You know, she's she's killing off her own children for, you know, for wealth and personal gain. Yeah. Um, That's cold. That's some cold, cold, cold stuff. And I love but how she's playing it that way from the beginning. It's not a surprise. Well, it's kind of like how Jack Nicholson was always insane in The Shining. Even okay, okay. yes, because that's exactly the same movie. It's exactly the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is, Victoria is better. Her performance is more memorable. Oh, okay, whatever you say. There's sure. twins in both movies. It's, it's basically the same movie. Okay, it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm, eat the cookie, here's Johnny, whatever. It's all the same. <laughs> but I love how... In the end, when Kathy's screaming at her, as she always does, when after Corey died or whatever, and Corinne just she she sees herself as the victim. She's just like, "You are a selfish bitch! How dare you complain to me about me starving you and letting you be beaten and killing your brother?" It's <laughs> like I need a new shiny blouse. Uh huh. Thank yes. I I need another exquisitely embroidered pantsuit. <laughs> hey, I expected when the mother first left. That uh, when she came back, she'd be wearing like all black with uh, you know, uh, some brooch, you know, and, 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 a, and a high neck collar. Oh, she that was back wearing like like a silken blouse, like uh, like a, a Hollywood starlet from the from the the forties. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, it's uh, fascinating. 
I was, I was laughing when she was walking down the aisle. I was just giggling, going, <laughs> white. <laughs> Nobody's buying that. <laughs> Nobody's buying that. Okay, I think we've about done this. I'm going to do uh, wrap up how we always wrap up this segment. Uh, Brian, your high point of the movie and your low point. Wow. Um, I would have to – wow, that's a great question. I have to give that some thought. Um, my high point of the movie would have to be – is this cliche to say the, the eat the cookie scene? No. At the end? No, you know, you I, I changed my answer. I changed my answer. I think you didn't when, know it was coming when Chris finally you weren't in on the up, joke before, before it happened. But I said yes, okay. So aside from eat the cookie, I, I think when when Chris finally cowboys up and he he jumps out of the closet and starts to pummel Grandma with uh, with a with I don't know it was like a, a, it was a carousel piece, head it was a or something big piece of wood. Yeah, it bothers me. He doesn't again, take sex. It with him. again, sex. It's all about sex. <laughs> Why he leaves it there, right, and doesn't take it with him, yeah. uh, is beyond me. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say that's a, that's a high point, and I would say low point. I think when they when they finally es- escape and they're going down, they find Grandpa and they just walk up on him, and you know, just, you know they're hanging out with him. He finds that Grandpa is alive, and then they they run out and they run right past the the butler. Yeah. They don't stop to talk to the butler, or they don't try to get out of the house. They then just run back, and uh, she hides in the bathtub. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) No one will find me here. Quick, Chris, watch my back some more. That's when they've finally completely given up, and I've given up on them. I'm like, okay, they're never getting out of this place, and they don't deserve to. You know what? You're right. At no point do you see them try the door, the front door. No. I think they mentioned later that it's locked, but you don't see that. But yeah, you're okay. Good, 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 good. And Ben, high point, low point. So my high point is Louise Fletcher's whole monologue where she talks about where she tells the incest story and how disgusting the children are. But especially the line, uh, "It is impossible to feel anything but disgust for, for that which is not wholesome," which I, I uttered to you earlier, uh, hurled an accusation at you. That was I the first that. thing you ever said to me. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> At the low point for me. Hi, I'm Ben. It's impossible to feel anything but disgust. Um, the low point is actually. I'm gonna make that my wedding vow when I get married. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good vow. Yeah, I like that a lot actually. (laughs) When uh, the grandmother is giving uh, Kathy her Billie Jean haircut. You know, she slaps her and Kathy goes on the floor. But then all you see are scissors cutting like a wig on a pillowcase. Mm-hmm. And that's so weak to me. Like I thought, it, you know, it's kind of a scary scene. And if you actually saw the grandmother cutting her hair, that might have been effective. Yeah. But just seeing like scissors cutting a wig on a pillowcase, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's very weak. So that's my low point. OK. All right. So my high point was a subtle one. When mom, when I guess it was grandma or some, whoever, whoever it was, came in to tell the kids that Corey had died. Chris's face did his best acting in the movie. Yes, totally. It was a nice, honest, simple reaction to it. Well, of course, you know, uh, what's her name? I just blanked her name. Christy Swanson is, you know, doing like 
the guppy fish face and just eyes bugging in and out. I'm like, okay, just... <laughs> but it was a nice. Uh, that was just a nice, subtle moment for me. I think the low point for me is, oh, God, God, there's so many fucking low points. <laughs> this movie is so, so tawdry. Um, I guess it would have to be, um, God. I don't even have an answer to my own question. I, I think it would be that fucking bed. The mother's bed is just who built that? Because it's yeah, those things are like, enormous, and there's like no other furniture in the room. It is like a sound set, a sound stage. It's ridiculous. A fucking angel wings. I'm like, I get it, I get it. Subtle, subtle. In a way, the rest of the movie is not subtle. Which it's not at all, so I don't know why I even said such a thing. You know, that's my low point. I can't even come up with a low point for the movie. God damn it. It's like, okay, that one minute was great, and the rest of it is just shit. But <laughs> the entire thing is the low point for you. Uh, that breaks my heart. Yeah, no, it's it's not good. Uh, the uh, remake was better than it did for Lifetime, but even that went wonky after a while. Because what's her name? What's her name? Who was in it? Who played the mom in that? Heather Graham. Heather Graham was good. She was better. She was more. There was an innocence to her that I liked, but after a while, that innocence started to become comical. People criticizing her performance, and I, I thought that I remember thinking it was actually that I thought it was very good and really powerful, but I don't really remember it now. Yeah, it was, but that was the problem. Like they had the incest in, but the rest of it wasn't sleazy enough. It was just because it was for TV. Anyway, flowers in the attic, dude. Flowers in the attic. Okay. Ben and Brian, thank you very much for coming on and being my guest tonight. Brian, extra special thanks for you for coming on and sharing your game with me. Uh, I, I guess just good night, everybody. You guys are awesome. Yeah, it's, it was a real pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, so much fun. Such a great honor. You're welcome. That's right, it was. God damn it. I give you my 200 bucks. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. C is for cookie, that's good enough for me. Oh, cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. Oh, C is for cookie, that's good enough for me. C is for cookie, that's good enough for me. C is for cookie, that's good enough for me. Oh, cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. Hey, you know what? Around cookie with one bite. Okay, since the show ran a little long this week, that is going to wrap this puppy up for today. I want to thank Ben and Brian for coming on and making the show even more awesome than it was going to be anyway. And remember to get over to SpankTheYeti.com and give, give, give to that Kickstarter campaign to get Spank the Yeti off the ground. You can do it. You know you want to do it. You have until June 17th to get your money in and make this game even better than it already is. They met their goal because now comes all the bells and whistles to make the game, like, premium cool. And you want a premium cool game, don't you? Brian deserves to give you a premium cool, cool game. And while we're on the subject, get your entries in to win a, win a copy of his other game, Schmovie, the game of made-up movies. And you need to answer the questions. You need to guess my guesses, guess my, my answers for the round of Spank the Yeti that we played before the review. And give your reasons for why you think. I chose that way. And the w person who matches my answers wins. And if there's a tie, it'll go to the person who has the best reasons for why I chose that way. Reasons that'll make me blush and drop my pearls and my knitting. So you need to get filthy. 
because you know how hard it is to shock me. If I just can't decide, it's going to go to Rafflecopter. So I'm going to give you a while to do that uh, because I got stuff coming up and I want to give you time. So uh, let's make it when I get back from Denver, which is July 8th. You're going to have until July 8th, so that's just over a month. You can do it. You can win. You can win a schmoovie. Yeah. You can be the first kid on the block to play that cool game and say, well, maybe get a copy of Spank the Yeti later on, but give it to the Kickstarter. Oh my gosh, the opportunities are endless. And so is the show right now. So we're going to be doing voicemail next time. We're going to be reading listen reviews next time. We're going to be giving away a copy of the audiobook, Marilyn, by Patricia Snodgrass, narrated by me, Sexy Horror Erotica. Erotic car, if you will, because it's about a haunted car that gives blowjobs. Hey, bet you haven't heard that one before. So, until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, remember, continue to keep the world a creepier place. And fight or flight, survive the night, make it through the final reel, baby. Oh, yeah. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches. <laughs>